Welcome to my podcast, Musings of a Christian Philosopher, where we talk about deep and often challenging topics of theology and philosophy. I'm your host, Adam Polstra. Let's get started. Well, as I said in the last podcast, though it's been quite a bit more than one day later, today I'd like to talk about time perception. This, again, is the very first thing that I ever really had a philosophical notion about, though I didn't consider it philosophy at at that time. For anyone unfamiliar with the etymology of the word philosophy, it simply means the love of wisdom. Anyway, so when I was younger, I kept on hearing phrases that we probably all have heard, such as, time flies when you're having fun, or similar laments, such as that time drags when you're bored. And I listened to these and more or less took it for granted that they must be true somehow. But then when I compared it to actual experience, it didn't really seem to match. But it wasn't exactly not matching at all. So, for example, when it came to just normal life, everyday work, play, eating, etc., As I got older, yes, time did seem to occasionally fly in certain instances. At specific times, not only that were not boring, but when I was having a great deal of fun, time seemed to stretch. For example, one time when I was with my cousins in California, I was dirt biking with them in the desert areas for and quadding, by the way, and I was having a great time, by the way. It was about three hours. And by the time we got back to the rest of the family, extended and and, uh, immediate, to have some lunch together, I felt as if a day or two had passed by. I found it rather inexplicable. Similarly, there were times when I simply had to go deliver products for a family, for our family's business, in a nearby town, but that nearby town I'd never really been to, I'd never been in, certainly had never been in the neighborhoods, and it was around the time that driving itself was still fairly new to me, but I had gotten to that point that we all know of when we've been driving, learning to drive in the first place for eh, about a year or so, and then suddenly you find yourself on certain days getting out of your car and going, how did I get here? because you've forgotten the entire drive. Anyway, but when I would go to that town to make a few deliveries, I would be gone again for maybe two hours, three hours tops, and I'd get back, and I'd wonder not how many hours had passed, but how many days. And again, I knew it wasn't as if I was actually intellectually fooled, thinking that, in fact, a day or two had passed, but it felt that way. And I like to be honest about my perceptions and feelings as much as possible if I'm going to be seeking out wisdom. It's not the most important part of seeking out wisdom, but certainly turning away from it isn't going to do you any favors. Turning away again from your feelings and perceptions. They do not mean truth, but they certainly mean something. 
Anyway, so I was looking at those things and similar experiences. Another one, for example, being on the opposite end of the spectrum. I simply saw the contraction of time, or at least the perception of time, as I aged. Going, say, for example, from age 15 to 18, each of those years felt progressively shorter. So I started gathering up this data and wondering why on earth certain things did not at all seem to line up with the common parlance. Time flies when you're having fun. Oh, really? And yes, I did occasionally find that when I was bored, the time would seem to drag. That one seemed a bit more real to me as far as my perception based on that phrase. But I certainly was confused and rather intrigued about this phenomenon of the perception of time. So I started gathering additional thoughts and forming arguments. And I distinctly recall the first time I ever presented this to family was also with my relatives, and it received pretty high praise. So let's get into it. Now, one of the things that we all know also about the perception of time, I've already kind of alluded to it, is the fact that when we are young, very young, time seems to be forever. We all know the common lament of the children in the car. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Comically, of course, presented in Shrek 2. And in the same way, as I just mentioned, from age 15 to 18, time seemed to contract. Well, if I take that frame backwards, time seems to expand. The closer I get to birth, the more time seems to take. From age two to four, compared to today, probably felt more like ten years, or at least maybe five. It's hard to be exact, of course, because these are all mere bits of perception. They're hardly objective, very subjective. But it means, as I said earlier, something. So I observed further. Why is it that certain events, like driving to a town nearby in my home state that I'd never been to, to make a few deliveries, and going out to the desert areas of California to dirt bike and quad with my cousins, seemed to extend time to so such an extent that I felt like I hadn't just been on a short trip, I'd been on a interstate road trip that took a few days, or something akin to that. Well, one of the things that hold, held these two events in common was that I wasn't used to it. It was a brand new experience. I arrived back at my intended definition, destination, not forgetting the entire event as if it never happened, but feeling as if I'd been gone for a day or two. The nuance in these instances extended the time. Now you might be thinking, oh, so nuance is how we extend our perception or re-extend our perception of time. Not so. It's not the end of the story, or at least my observations. And the other example that I already alluded to earlier, we're first learning to drive, right? Driving is new to us. 
doesn't necessarily, at least to my recollection, it didn't extend my perception of the overall time in a day, at least when I was around 16 or 17. I did start learning to drive fairly late. But comparing driving when I started getting used to it to driving when I was brand new to it, the perception is very different indeed. And now driving is a large part of my job. There was a time when I got to the point where I would go from A to B, get out of my car, and wonder how I got there, because I didn't remember a lick of the drive. So again, the nuance of just learning to drive certainly made the perception of driving more extensive, right? Do you remember what happened on the drive? You're just experiencing what it's like to, for example, maybe be cut off or go on the interstate. That was rather nerve-wracking for me, personally. Now, of course, it's not a big deal whatsoever, but using your turn signal, all the little fine-tuned details of what it means to learn to drive. I certainly remembered that at the time, but then once I got used to it to the point where my subconscious could pretty much just take command, I certainly, again, did have those days where I would get out of the vehicle and wonder how I got there. So, why is it then that our perception of time contracts as we age? I think the permit to license to driving analogy is apt here. See, when we're new to the world as a whole, we're learning how to do essentially everything. We might experiment with lying. We're learning how to speak in the first place, and then of course the lying might come later. Learn how it is important to tell the truth, perhaps. Learning how to do school, learning how to do math, learning how, if we go way back, to walk. Of course, every detail of life catches our attention because we're just learning how to do it. Our minds just can't go on autopilot or and our bodies, in a sense, as well, and just do, do, do. We have to consciously do everything we're doing. We're just figuring out how to life how to live, how to exist. So our minds are occupied with all of this. But then as we age, we begin to get used to each activity, how to do each thing that entails life in general, and the subconscious can more or less take over in similar fashion to when we're learning to drive. And we don't have to pay a great deal of attention to everything we're doing. So, how does, what, how does that work when we stack that absence of mind, you might say, over the course of days, weeks, months, and years? If we're getting to the point where our subconscious can just take over and we can autopilot through life, what happens to our perception of time? See, the first thing that I really noticed here is that when we become lethargic, apathetic, unengaged, and running on subconscious or, you might say, on autopilot once again, one thing that we are distinctly not doing is forming memory. 
Back to the car analogy again. You get out of your car. You can't remember how you got there. Your brain didn't didn't read or record, rather, anything that just happened for the last maybe 20 minutes, maybe 30, maybe, maybe 40, maybe two hours. No memories were formed of the drive itself. So why would the mind remember the time that it took you to go from A to B if you don't remember the drive at all? In similar fashion, some of us can go so much to the point of driving through life on autopilot that we can go through an entire year having a small handful of actual memories, maybe when something dramatic happened and kind of forced our attention awake. So see, what I'm forming here is not the idea that nuance of itself extends time perception. There are those who seek experience after experience. They try to travel the world. They try to do a new thing, maybe each year or month, to experience something else, to experience something new. Guess what happens? The brain gets used to nuance as a habit. See, all you've really done is you've turned nuance into a repetitive thing that the brain can also get used to. It can also adapt to. This process is going to take place whether we like it or not. I don't consider it the enemy of time or time perception or even engagement in life. The issue, again, is not nuance. The issue is engagement. If we allow ourselves, simply through the course of time, maybe bad experiences, maybe abuse, and maybe just getting bored with life because we're getting used to life, we allow ourselves to disconnect, disengage, become apathetic and distant, then we're not going to form very many memories. We're not going to be present wherever we are, recording what's actually happening, and being able to recall it in at least some detail. Of course, we're going to remember, hey, I was at that party last night, that kind of a thing, but what actually happened, maybe you remember a detail or two for a few days, and then it's gone. If you are not engaged, your perception of time, of course, will continue to contract. As you do not form memories and therefore have nothing to recall for the last day or week or month or year, then why would you have perceived the passage of time in the first place? Now, before I end, I want to point out that in order to get back, in order to backtrack, and begin to re-extend our perception of time isn't necessarily an easy thing if I am accurate in this. And before I go further into that, let me just point out, I now personally have applied these ideas to my own life, and they work. The perception of time that I had, or at least I can say with confidence, they've worked in my life. Going back to when I was around 18, and my perception of time year to year was already beginning to contract, and by the way, contract pretty fast. That's about the time that I started figuring these things out and really thinking about them. And since then, I have done continuous work to engage myself in the everyday. Same thing with driving. And by the way, I am a massive creature of habit, far more than I even expected. I do things 
by rote, you might say, on a very continuous basis. I have a ritual or habit before I go to bed, when I get up in the morning. I have a pattern throughout the week for my job. I go certain places on certain days driving, like I said earlier. And yet, nevertheless, even though my life is in that sense extremely repetitive, my perception of time has, in fact, extended a great deal. I remember when I started the discussion group that I mentioned in an earlier podcast, my perception of that year and a couple years following felt as if they were three. And I was already in my late 20s by that point. So yes, in my own experience, this works. But the issue with re-extending your perception of time, if this is correct, and again, I... On my own experience, I would say that it is. We have to do something that can be very painful for some of us. We have to open up to experience life. To experience it with our hearts, with our minds, with our emotions, with our senses. We have to take it all in. And see, some of us are blocking off certain parts of ourselves, and this is contributed, by the way, to our contraction of the sense of time because we've been hurt, because we've been disappointed, because we've been disillusioned. And whether whether for self-defense or simply because we want to say, hang it all, it's not worth it, we discard a part of ourselves and a part of our engagement with life because it seems like the right decision to make. And I'm not saying that it's the uh, kind of decision that we make fully consciously. But, easy example, if we have been emotionally abused, and you know, it's always going to be certain emotions that are abused, particularly ones like anger or sorrow, then we simply cut that off of ourselves. We, In other words, we refuse to feel those emotions ever again. If we want to get back to a place where we don't feel as if life is just slipping us by like the forgotten road trip, then we're going to have to feel those emotions again just as any others. One sense of sight, one sense of sound, one sense, one's sense of touch. We're going to have to go back to engaging ourselves in all of it. And I don't mean all at once. That can be far too overwhelming. But no part of ourselves can be seen as bad or negative or wicked or sinful. Now, of course, I'm not saying that we should engage in certain activities that will lead us towards addictions, etc. That's just another spiral loop habit that we might form that will in fact fight against our extension of the perception of time. But what I am saying is that whatever we do, whether it be habitual or not habitual, we need to be there. We need to be engaged. We need to be present. And it's a battle, by the way, that is every day Every week, every month, every year. Can't just figure this out and then think that we can coast. Now, I will say that it gets easier the more you do it. And while you can't necessarily coast, because that's the direct opposite of this entire idea, this entire lesson, 
if you consider it true. The very idea of it is that we have to be engaged, so we can't coast with this. But just like when you have worked a muscle to the point where the 30 pounds that you considered way too heavy a couple months ago now is easy pickings, and you're curling if you're weightlifting, something more like 40, 45, maybe even 50. In the same manner, if you get used to engaging yourself in life, then you can simply continue doing that and maybe look for the next thing. You, for example, figured out how to engage yourself more through the senses, so maybe the next one is reawakening some emotions that you have previously discarded. And for me, again, my driving, even that, while repetitive in itself, is also repetitive in where I go. I tend to go to the same places and follow the same routes. I'm a local driver for my family's business. And yet, nevertheless, some days I will go on my drive, get back to our kitchen. It's a food business. I think I've mentioned it before. Feeling like a day passed. And then I go home and that transition right there feels like about half a day. I go to visit with some friends. My time at home while I maybe ate dinner. Another half a day. I go to visit my friends. That feels like maybe a full day by the time I've gotten back home again. And again, I'm not fooled to believe that it actually was a day. The point is that I've learned how to be engaged sufficiently into each or in each place, each part, each section of my day on my regular work, habitual stuff, repetitive stuff that I'm not saying, and again, I'm not saying this happens all the time, but there certainly are days where I can reflect back on it and go, man, a day is a long time. And personally, I would wish that on all of you, and I certainly hope that you will take this and at least try it. Give it a shot. See if it works. And yeah, I can't give you specific instructions as to what to do because everyone's different. Everybody's got different things that they've blocked off or forgotten about or discarded or considered irrelevant. And as far as it co goes to our hearts, minds, emotions, senses. Well, I was a redundant there with hearts and emotions, but you get the point. None of it is useless or redundant invalid. If I would say do anything first, convince yourself of that again. So that's all I have to talk about today. Till next time, signing off.